Hi everyone, welcome to Val's Tales. I'm Val Fortelli, writer of these stories. I'm Val's sister Wendy Walker and I'm the narrator. And Wendy's daughter Jazz is our producer. Every fortnight we'll bring you a new story. Sometimes funny, sometimes sad, always thought-provoking. Hello again. Hello, and welcome to week two. Yeah, after the first week, it was, uh, we're still here. <laughs> this one will be better. So, what have we got for week two, Val? What's the name of our next story? Well, this is something that a lot of ladies with other halves will relate to. It's called Partners in Murder. Okay, so what was your inspiration for this one? If you imagine a partner who's driving you balmy, the main thing that will stop you putting him in the end of the garden is the fact you might get caught. It occurred to me, what would happen if two ladies who didn't know each other swapped partners? Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I can relate to that as well. I think a lot of people can. Here we go, over to you. Thank you. Partners in murder. You look a bit down, Vicky. Anything wrong? Sorry, Pam. I forgot our conference was a video. I didn't mean to burden you, but thanks for asking. Sometimes it's easier to talk to a stranger than someone close, you know. I'm only at the other end of a laptop if ever you need to chat about something other than sales projections and who's got the worst boss. (laughs) You'll get us both a sack, I laughed. But you have cheered me up. Now, about last month's figures. It was from that totally innocent conversation with someone I'd never actually met in person that the idea grew. I worked for a multinational company at their London head office But with offshoots all over the country and abroad, the majority of our meetings were held online. Sometimes they were one-to-ones, sometimes discussions between peer groups, and occasionally with the top members of the board, including my immediate boss. For all I joked about impossible men wanting everything done yesterday, we actually got on very well and I enjoyed working for him. It's true he expected 200% commitment at times, But once the panic was over, he knew who had been there supporting him and made sure not only were they financially recompensed, but extra odd days off at quiet times were conveniently overlooked from official holiday allowances. No, it wasn't my work life which was the problem. My home life was a different matter. I'm not quite sure how it happened that Graham and I became an item, Perhaps I was so used to fighting my corner in the business world, I let my guard down when it came to personal relationships. My ex-boyfriend, Alex, had decided seeing the world and settling in Australia was more important than getting engaged to me. And for a while, my emotions switched between feeling deserted, admiring him for telling me straight out, and wanting to have childish tantrums, screaming, It's not fair! I knew Graham vaguely as one of Alex's friends and he took it upon himself to invite me out to no-strings lunches, sent me flowers with tongue-in-cheek OTT messages and small daft gifts to cheer me up. 
It was probably the chocolate spiky hedgehog or the single tube of love hearts received in the post which had the most impact, and I warmed to him as a friend. He talked a lot about his wonderful girlfriend, and although I never met her, it made our relationship feel like brother and sister, with no thought of romance between us. How could I have been so gullible? Graham, what on earth's wrong? I asked as we sat down to a coffee and muffin in a local cafe one Friday lunchtime. History repeating itself, he said. At least Alex was honest with you. When I got back to the flat last night, the caretaker had to let me in as the locks had been changed. She'd left me a letter saying I had that evening to pack my stuff as she'd not renewed the lease and new people were moving in straight away. All her possessions were gone and the only thing left apart from my clothes and personal bits was a West Ham coffee mug. My car is sitting in a car park with everything I own in the world packed inside. Looks as if that might be my home until I get something sorted. Sorry to burden you, Vicky, but as you can imagine, it was quite a life changer. That's horrendous, I said. Surely she gave you some warning rather than just doing a moonlight. Didn't you have any clue? I seem to have a blank spot where the fear of sex is involved, Vicky. You're the only female I know's more like a man. Oh, heck, sorry, that came out wrong. What I meant was... I know what you meant, Graham, I laughed. So I'll take it as a compliment. Look, I can't let you sleep in the car. Meet me here after work and you can stay in my spare room for a few days until you get self-sorted. That's what friends are for. That was how it started. He moved in and never got round to moving out. At first it was fine. If I had to work late, I'd come home to find a hot meal waiting and he pitched in to help with the housework. At the weekend, he'd go shopping and refused my offer of payment. He learned which was my favourite wine and that became my downfall. One night, we both got drunk and he ended up in my bed. It was a fun one-off, but his attitude changed and he started giving the impression we were a couple. Eventually, after six months, it became so bad, I gave him an ultimatum and told him it was time for him to go. That was when the nightmare started. Complaints from supposed customers reached the ears of my boss. My social media account was hacked and showed photoshopped pictures of me in compromising positions and posts under my name lost me a lot of online friends. When I challenged Graham, he just laughed. It's up to you to prove it, darling, he said. I'm coming out of this whiter than white and you're the wicked witch of the West. Deal with it. Then the physical violence started. He took care never to hit me where bruises might show, but mentally I was at the end of my tether. On a one-to-one with Pam, it all became too much and I unexpectedly burst into tears. Vicky. Give me your personal email. We need to talk, but not through our work connection. We've covered everything we need to for this job, so we can sign off now. What's the best time to contact you at home when you'll be on your own and we can chat in private? The following Saturday afternoon, when Graham was out at football, I received the invitation for a Zoom meeting with Pam. 
At first I was reluctant to burden her with my problems, but it became a regular thing and we shared secrets we never told anyone else. I learned she was in a similar position with her husband, which was how she'd been so quick to recognise the signs. I can't take much more, Vicky, she told me one day. If I could get away with murder, I swear I'd do it. Perhaps we could do a swap, I said, half-jokingly. I'll bump yours off if you exterminate mine. With no connection, the police would have nothing to go on. You know what, Pam said. That could work. I'll give it some thought and speak to you next week. Although I assumed she wasn't serious, my mind started wondering about the practicalities of getting away with a double murder. We lived in totally different parts of the country and had never met, so wouldn't be recognised by prying neighbours. We had no connection with each other's partners, and although we were work colleagues, we were only two names on a staff list of thousands. Vicky, Pam said during one of our private calls a week or so later, Saturday night you need to round up some friends and go out somewhere. Plenty of people will see you. Do you have a favourite busy restaurant? Be out of the house by eight and don't come back for the early hours. If you can go to a club and stay over with someone, that's even better. I won't say any more, but it could just work. We'll speak afterwards. Bye for now. As it happened, the idea of a get-together over a meal snowballed and from initially asking two close friends, I ended up booking a table for 14, some of whom I only knew vaguely. It was a great evening and without permission, publicity photos for the restaurant ended up on several social media sites, complete with date and time tags. The house was dark and empty when I arrived home around 2am, and the elderly cab driver insisted on escorting me to the front door and seeing me safely inside. I expected to find a mess left by Graham after a takeaway, but the room was spotless, and that's when I noticed the envelope propped up by the clock. You all right, miss? The cab driver asked as I skimmed through the letter inside. Uh, what? Sorry, yes, I'm fine, thanks. It seems my uh, lodger has moved on. That's why it was so quiet. Thank you so much for making sure I was safe. With that, I gave him a large tip, then locked the door behind him before going upstairs. Everything belonging to Graham had gone. His clothes, laptop, printer, even his football mug. The letter was a revelation. Vicky, what a good friend you've been these past few months. I'll never forget what you did for me when I was at my lowest ebb. Sorry I didn't get a chance to say goodbye properly. Wonderful news. You know how devastated I was when I split with my girlfriend. She realised she'd made a mistake and contacted me, begging me to forgive her. By the time you read this, we'll be on a plane exploring a new world together. Have a good life. You deserve it. Your ever-grateful friend, Graham. For the first time in months, I slept soundly and even managed to feel pleased things that worked out for Graham. It was only recently he'd turned from being the pleasant guy I first knew, but now my troubles were over and I couldn't wait to tell Pam. Good, so no one suspected anything then, she said. What do you mean? I asked, puzzled. He's with his old girlfriend and I've got my life back. You never mentioned the girlfriend's name, so I had to fudge that a bit, but his handwriting was easy enough to copy. Don't go getting any ideas about planting vegetables on that wasteland at the back of your garden and we're home and dry. 
Part two of the plan is ready for action. The scheduled date is the 25th. I booked you into a local hotel under the name of Maria Partner with a fictitious address. It's not five star, but it's only one night and they don't ask questions, so don't worry about ID. You know my address. How you do the deed is up to you, but I'll be away for five days on a work-related course. Once you've kept your side of the bargain, let me know, then we can stay away from each other for a while unless work puts us back in contact. Actually, once all this is out of the way, it might be quite nice to meet up in some remote location. I think we could be real friends. Having mutual blackmail in common also means we wouldn't betray each other if we had a row over something silly. Who needs men when we got each other? The screen went dead, but not before I saw her blow me a kiss. Was this a joke, or had I got myself into something where I needed to keep my side of the bargain? Did I have it in me to murder a total stranger? Bringing up my work diary, I saw the 25th and 26th showed me as attending an important work conference near the town where Pam lived. Without a valid excuse, I couldn't refuse to go, especially as my own boss had arranged it. With a sigh, I started a new folder entitled Project M and with my usual efficiency started making notes to bring it to a successful and profitable conclusion. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying these stories, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Podbean or our YouTube channel. You can also follow Val's Tales on social media. Details coming up.